Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Rambling Viking podcast. And today we've got a very special episode for you. It's actually a crossover with a friend of mine, Castlin, who was on. Um, we had her on tell her story of how she went from Bernie to um, the dawn and her political awakening. And she has since then started her own podcast. And um, so we actually did a little crossover episode today talking about the separation of or the lack thereof currently of sports and politics and our thoughts on that so her podcast is mostly peaceful and can be found on all platforms go check it out all links are in the description but this is my little short intro um now i hope you guys enjoy the episode what's up everybody super excited for today's crossover podcast hope you guys are doing good uh, Castlin, hope you're doing all right. I'm doing great. I'm excited for this. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. So today, um, we're going to dive into uh, basically the easiest way I know how to sum it up is what's going on with sports. Right. We're already in this weird pandemic time where like stuff is shut down. You're. Uh, I'm fearful of the restaurant industry as a whole because there's been so many permanent closures. Um, um on a personal level, but then like we we get sports back. And we're like, yeah, sports. And then all of a sudden, the sports are like, no, nah, we're going to turn the, the, the political volume up to 11. We're going to give you and the worst version of sports possible. <laughs> like- yeah. On one hand, it's the best because it's like, hey, we're going to sh- we're going to shove everybody in a bubble. And you have games every single day because nobody's having to travel or move. Mm-hmm. And we're like, cool. And they're like, also, we're going to slap BLM on the court. We're going to have a commercial every break. And uh, post-game interviews are going to be more about social justice than about the game that took place and their performance. And so um, I think you know, that's we've seen a drop in ratings. Specifically, I'm obviously hitting on the NBA, but right. um, sports in general. I mean, the NFL just hasn't started yet, but they've made it very clear that they are going to um, be taking the same direction. Basically, yes. they, were, they, they came out more like, no, we're good to kneel now. And. Um, everyone's obviously now hailing Colin Kaepernick as being ahead of ahead of his time, and so it's just a weird twilight zone. And um, we, so we got, we were casually texting about this, and we kind of turned into a like, "Hey, this is a lot. Let's just make a podcast." And but more so, I think we were both hitting at like, "What's the future hold for sports? Like, if they stay on this path of being so overtly political, which they are." what what's the end goal ratings are down you've seen people um tuning out because it's it's overly political regardless of whether they agree with the politics or not that they're pushing they're just they just don't want politics there yeah and so it's it's interesting to think about like okay in like six months if we stay on this course like what's this gonna lead to well and for you know and for someone like me and like you I mean for me like I grew up like sports was my life like that's all like we didn't like you know our family vacations were OSU season tickets like in bowl games and you know every time we went somewhere there was a sports game around it and so for someone like me and my parents who my parents are the biggest sports fans I think I know and for people like us it's like someone that's our whole life and we just have no desire to watch sports anymore I think that speaks a lot of volume and my you know my parents aren't quite as I would say politically engaged as as I am but you know I was talking to another friend of mine about it and I even said it on the flip side of like 
okay, you know, even if they were pushing for pro-Trump or they were pushing for Second Amendment rights or, uh, you know, pro-life or what even stuff that I really support and I'm really passionate about, Mm -hmm. I still wouldn't want it in there. I'm like, just get rid of it. Like you said, it's like, what's the end game? What's the end goal Mm -hmm. here? Because these organizations, I mean, they're business like and and so from a business perspective, it makes no sense why they keep pushing this when they know the ratings have gone down, especially with the NBA and the NFL is just following right along. And I'm like, did you guys not look at the data? Like, did you guys not see what's going? Like, did you not learn from it? And, and it's like, like you said, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the end goal is here. I mean, my husband and I were talking about it a little bit and I'm like, it's either going to go one of two ways, either one, they're going to wake up and realize this is a horrible business decision I mean, or the, or it's just going to crumble. Like, I don't, I I can't see either. I I can't see any other option. Can you? No, no, that's really, it's really the only two. There's no like middle ground where they just kind of like pull back a little bit and everyone just tolerates it to a certain degree. Cause if you just look at individual players making, when the whole kneeling thing started, the NFL, like you had ratings the next year dropped and then the following year, they kind of picked back up and they kind of, caught their stride again but it's because it became it kind of came out of the like came out of the the everyday conversation and wasn't covered as much and wasn't as much of a thing but like just doing that and that was players doing something mm-hmm. not the league pushing something right and you saw people were like nope i'm out like this is dumb. I'm not going to watch this. And I, I mean, I, you're exactly right too. And I think this is a missed point that when a lot of people come out because, so I've, I've seen some posts here and there of people, um, you know, saying, Oh, I'm, I'm going to give up my, my season tickets for whatever team. And like, I'm there. This is cause this is crazy. All this stuff they're doing. They're like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. And the responses have been, obviously they berate him like good riddance. We don't need you anyways. Right. Um, and they usually, they usually like try and call him some crazy Trump support or something when in actuality, I don't think that's the reality. I don't think Mm-mm. that's what it is. I think it's exactly what you said it is. It's literally people saying, I don't want politics in sports, period. I don't care if it's, if it's, if it's my politics or the other politics, I just don't want politics there. And that's what people are. And that's why people are leaving, not because they disagree with the specific political message, because I'm in the same boat. It's like I don't agree with with uh, the black Black Lives Matter um, push that we're seeing across, um, namely the NFL and the NBA and like how they're going all in on this, this get woke, go broke stuff. And Mm -hmm. on, on a personal level, but at the same time, flip the script, like you said, if it was Trump MAGA 2020 or or, you know, every um, you know, what was it? Love the child too. You know, is one of the phrases, pro-life phrases, whatever, something like that. I would still be like, guys, why? I don't want to do this. I yeah. agree with that. Not the time and place. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is not the time and place. It's like when I always got in trouble in school because apparently I was yelling and clean. I was just talking, but I'm loud. And so they'd always get mad at me because Gus, you need to use your inside voice. And I was like, this is my inside voice. You come to my house and hang out with my family. This is how we all talk. (laughs) But it, but it's, but it's like that. Like, it's like, 
it's like someone is we're in class and there's a couple kids who are just yelling and we're like, whoa, this is not the time or place to like yell or do that. Like we're here to do X, you know, we're here to learn mm-hmm. chemistry and you're over here screaming about nonsense and it's just, it's disruptive and it turns a lot of people away, but. Well, and I think now more than ever, it, it like probably shouldn't be in sports like more so now than in the past because it's like okay we our entire world had to stop because of covid and then it's like everything we did had to be in compliance with covid whether it was our job or going grocery shopping or or whatever it's like everything it's like we can't escape i mean it's it, it doesn't matter where you go there's social distancing this or you have to wear a mask to come in here and so it's just it's constant. And then you turn on sports, which is supposed to be our escape. It's supposed to be, you know, a way for us to exert that energy and just to check out of real world life. And you get in there and then you see, which it's so, it's so dumb. Them like standing six feet away with a mic to do an interview and they're all wearing masks. I'm like, all of y'all have been tested. Like you're all are in the bubble. Like it's like, none of you have coronavirus. Like this is so dumb, you know, and you're watching just the, the, the charade of just the COVID nonsense. And then you throw the black lives matter. And then you throw that these players are talking about, just stuff that's not even true of like that they read on headlines on mainstream media and they're putting up these, I mean, I'm just going to, they're putting up these criminals and treating them like they're, it's just like, people are just like, I can't, like I can't. And they're like, I can't do it. And that's how it's been for me. It's like, I can't even watch a basketball game without either some ridiculous COVID narrative or this ridiculous that America is a terrible place and it's all racist and there's injustice, um, you know, while these players are making millions and millions of dollars and not to mention they have, you know, they, they decided to boycott because of racial injustice that they, they just can't focus on work right now. And I'm like, that was the funniest thing. I'm like, can you imagine if I was on my team call in the morning and be like, um, excuse me, I'm traumatized by what's happening in our country and I'm going to boycott. They'd be like, okay, bye. And don't come back. Send us in your computer. Thanks. Like, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, and you know, when they talk about privilege and they talk about this and it's like, and I'm not discrediting any sort of adversity that they went to, to get to where they are. Obviously you have some adversity and you have challenges to overcome if you're that type of skill level of an athlete, but it's like, they're talking about privilege. And I'm like, you guys have more, like, I don't even know what that privilege is like to be able to boycott work and still get paid millions of dollars. And it's just, it's just, people are just so sick of the charade. They're so sick of like, like I said, if it's not just the COVID, it's not just the black lives matter. It's also this like COVID stuff going on in the background. It's just like, it's just, it's so much, it's so much. And we have to deal with it on everyday life. And so when I'm home and I'm done with, it's like, even in my job, like I have to deal with COVID. Like I can't do my job to my full capacity because of COVID. And then it's like, then I'm, you know, I I have the news going on or or whatever. And it's like, when I'm done with work and I want to, you know, do something to relax, I'm not going to just continue that. You know, it's like, I want to break from Mm -hmm. it. You don't want to, you don't want to sit here and hear about whatever shooting is going viral and people are up unrest. And then you turn on your sports, which is supposed to be your escape. And then, that's exactly what they bring up and it brings out this angst and anxiety. And I think that's the, probably the most frustrating part is like, look, I could even, well, to touch on the note of the privilege and the, uh, 
the their 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 two day boycott, which right. I think was so it was so it was so like you miss you totally miss because you totally missed they it. boycotted <laughs> in the face of their organizations, their teams, and the like as a whole, they their their organizations were behind them, meaning, no, we're gonna push out this messaging, we're with you. And then something happens and they're like, no, this is just, we can't do it. And it's like, we're going to boycott this. And it's like, wait, you're going to boycott the people who are supporting you. This is nonsensical. And then after two days of meetings, a lot of the players realized, oh, we had no plan here. We were just caught up in our feelings mm-hmm. and about this, which look, seeing, seeing video of a man, that's, that's something too, that is, that is, that our generation has to deal with is everyone videos everything. So I've seen so many videos of like, I've seen videos of people getting kicked in the face and left for dead. Like that's uh, specifically the, the shooting that did this. It was a man getting shot in the back seven times. Granted it's grainy and you really didn't see anything. You just heard the gunshots and then heard people screaming, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, like that's not easy stuff to watch. Like we see right. that sort of stuff in movies, but movies is kind of its own thing. But when you see it and you know, it's real footage, that is like on some level I can understand. Like I watch those when I see those things, I'm like, this is horrific. Like a lot of times I'm like, no, I don't want to watch that right now. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going to subject myself to that. Cause it is, it is traumatic on a certain level, but you want, you want to talk about the most privileged population. A, they can boycott, they can boycott the company that is actually on their side and, and literally doing <laughs> everything, meeting every demand mm-hmm. that they could ask of. And then, and, and to go into deeper on their privilege and how we don't understand, think about professional athletes. They literally go around and like people fawn over them. Like they can go to any club in any city if they're if they're, you know, like a fairly prominent athlete, and mm-hmm. and they're in VIP. They're taken care of. They have um, they have girls fawning all over them. Like I and it's just like your your privilege is beyond what an average person can even comprehend. Like the level like you get pulled over for speeding oh it's so i pulled over so and so well i'll just give you a warning this time or whatever like you want to talk about like they literally can do almost whatever they want and well and i think that's another sense and i would even say that's another angle of frustration of like okay you have covid charade going on Mm -hmm. you have blm every quarter everywhere you look anytime you listen it's this this blm 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 and then you also have you know like you said it's like these athletes making millions of dollars telling us how terrible of a place this is and Mm -hmm. telling us how to live telling us how to vote telling us how to do all of these things and i'm like and and so i'm sure just the everyday american is gonna be like um i'm sorry what like you're You know, it's like, how much money do you make every single year? Like, it's just, it. I feel like everything is just so tone deaf. Like, it's just, oh yeah, it's so disconnected from from real life. And and it, it's like you said, it's like we're living in some twilight zone, some like parallel universe where like, you know, we have you know you have normal Americans out here trying to live their life, trying to manage this, you know, COVID BS, and just trying to like get through life. And then you have this media hollywood sports bubble that it's like i feel like they're so disconnected like there's they're like i don't know what i don't 
I'm not trying to get like conspiratorial here, but I'm like, I don't know if they all have this like agenda that's emailed to them every day of like what they're supposed to talk about or like what they're supposed to say, but it's just, it's so disconnected from real life. And, and I think people are already seeing that with the media and people are starting to wake up and now they're seeing it in sports and it's like, okay, like, no, like, I'm done. You know, it's like, I, I, I see these narratives being pushed by the media, and that's the media, whatever. That's if that's what they want to do, they have the right to do so. And, but when you turn on sports, and you see that same narrative being pushed, that you know, is not correct, <laughs> or not as as easy, or not as, you know, cut and dry is like they're trying to make it to be like there's a lot of layers to it and it's just it's exhausting it's exhausting I think for the just average American to be like "Mm, no like I I'm I'm done hearing this narrative everywhere I go Mm -hmm. like and and I think part of it is is it's they're all they're all um like they're all hanging out with each other and then so when you have the prominent the most prominent ones kind of the leading voices and that's and, and what the narrative they propagate it's like a lot of these kids are you know like 22 years old they don't know anything and mm-hmm. especially if you're a professional athlete your entire life has resol- revolved around whatever sport you've gone pro at and made it to the highest level at and so it's like that's my biggest thing is like when these post game interviews these guys talking about stuff and I'm like you, I was like, I know you've spent like every day, like you're going to practice, you're watching film, you're doing stuff. I was like, so you maybe only have five minutes for news. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're catching, you're catching whatever Apple news spotlight comes up on your phone. Right. Just glancing at it. I was like, so that's, that's the thing that, that becomes so frustrating is when you hear things repeated that are just like, no, there've been so many more details on that story that came out. But it's it's going back months on some of these cases. For instance, I I was um, so when um, Brandon Tatum released that pay that like forty page um, document on the Breonna Taylor case that basically mm-hmm. showed that she was um, there was good reason to believe she was actively involved in this drug trafficking system at least in some way, shape, or form. She was at least a proxy for an address, and the guy right. admitted that over and over again well he was like she wasn't involved but i used her address was on her phone plan borrowed her car and it's like she's involved enough (laughs) all you have to all with so many crimes literally all you have to do is be there and not do or say anything and guess what you are then guilty by association that's a very real thing like you're an accomplice right right like if you watch someone murder someone and then you like help them get away you are now accomplice to To murder. murder right and and so it's just it's it's mind boggling because they, they oh man I totally just got derailed on my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, there's it's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to it because it's not just you know it's not just cut and dry. It's not just a a you know no I guess pun intended. It's not a black and white thing. Like there's there's so many layers to this, and now it's to a point where it's just like the media and all of this and you know, with this all being involved in sports, it just amplifies everything and mm-hmm. it makes it so much, it, it, it just spreads and spreads and spreads. And now any person that is shot, like, okay, there was a guy who, I don't know the full story, but I do know that there was a cop that sh- shot a black guy in LA. The cop was Hispanic and the media is reporting him as white Hispanic. 
and what it, like it, it's just yeah like reporting it as like there is a white hispanic cop and i'm like <laughs> like, like you're just trying now like you're just like you're stretching and and of course there were riots and all this stuff erupted and it's just like it's just it's so ridiculous and i think it's just it's too much now and like because mm-hmm. it was intertwined in sports it's just fanned the flame i feel like and mm-hmm. i feel like it's just fanned the flame of everything because I don't, I mean, I don't know the percentage of people who actually go in and do the research of who these people are and what actually happened and watch the full, you know, police footage or the body cams or, you know, oh, very just, few, very few. And so they're just going to, you know, blindly believe it. And it's, it's really frustrating as somebody who, you know, I have like, you know, we have a, you know, I have a, I call my adopted black brother and he's, you know, he's not legally adopted but he's part of our family and he's been a part of our family for a really long time and he you know obviously like i care about black americans and i care that if they're frustrated if there's issues like we need to solve them and it's upsetting to see something that i think had such good intentions totally go off the rails and totally just like I don't know what happened with it. And it's sad to see these athletes who of the NBA or, you know, the NFL like coming up that are, it's like majority of them are black and they have a platform they can share like, and they have so much power and so much influence. And it's frustrating to see how they're totally just like missing the point. Like they're totally like, like like Mm -hmm. they had like they had I guess what I'm saying is like they have a chance to do something really great with their platform and to really bring unity and to really make change and all they're doing is just yelling and complaining and saying that they're being hunted and like you know I'm like you're just making it worse like you're making this so much worse Mm -hmm. well they they well that's the thing is like I especially with their protests I see it as um it's kind of akin to like they were they were frustrated by something they saw because it felt like another nail in the coffin, but they didn't know how to fully express the frustration or what to do with it. And mm-hmm. so that led to a boycott. But then when they got into the boycott a day, they realized, what are we doing? We should just we should go back to playing. And I then, heard they so, weren't so, going to so, get like, paid. Is that true that they basically like I don't know. Said- I heard, yeah. I, I heard think, that. I think if you straight up, no, well, because it's that's borderline lockout. So, yeah, I, I, you can have whatever's in their, you know, collective bargaining agreement. I'm sure there's stipulations saying that, like, hey, if you start boycotting stuff, you're not going to get paid. So, that's absolutely a factor. But I also, I genuinely believe a lot of these guys didn't know, didn't have any plan of action outside of we don't want to play right now. Because, mm-hmm. like, while I can understand the sentiment of, like, look, they, you know, oh, I'm in a posi- I'm in a an influential position, so I want to make sure I use my position for good and influence for good and make a change in the world. Like, right? That's always a good sentiment. But right. if you are going to do that, I think the responsibility then that you hold is the responsibility to be well informed and to not to not incite panic, to not incite uh-huh. unrest, to not to not put forth a disparaging message, to not when when you are the 
the icon athlete of this era to not wear vote or die and confuse all the little 12 year olds who just like you because you're the best at basketball. Um, Like you don't like you need to, you need to be a voice of, of hope in a lot of ways. Now I'm not saying shy away from like, Hey, this happened and we need to speak up. But I also think this goes back to the deeper cultural problem that America is so spoiled and has it so well that we have to kind of synthesize problems because mm-hmm. we don't have real problems it's like the rich kid in the right. neighborhood they don't have real problems they so then but we all feel like we need problems so they have to synthesize the problems well it's the election year you know oh, and that's, that's the other where thing. it's election year so what do politicians do they create fake problems so they can be the solution and that's you know it, it's just like trump had had so, I mean, he, he did so many things. I mean, that's a whole other conversation of just how incredible. I mean, even just the job reports that came out today, that just goes to show like how incredible Trump did with this economy and how incredible, like, you know, take if you take out just the media nonsense and the Trump derangement syndrome, like if people didn't have if they treated Trump like a normal president, it, it would this would be some of the best years of in American history. I would mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that if they treated if the media treated Trump how they treat Obama and George W and, you know, all these people and like past presidents, it would have, everything would be totally different. And so people love to say like, well, this is Trump's America. This is Trump's fault. No, it's not like, I mean, granted, yes, Trump says stupid stuff. Like he says stupid things. I get it. Like he's got, he has his issues, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, who's reporting it? Who's, you know, what is this narrative that's being pushed like everywhere? And so, they have to create these fake problems and what's the one, you know, I was listening to, I was listening to Tim Pool's podcast earlier and he had, I cannot remember his name, but he had a guy on who he's another independent journalist. He's Elijah Schaefer. No, I did watch that no? one. This is, this, is another one. this is another one. I know. I did watch that one. That one was really good. Um, Dang it. But I felt cool. He, uh, um, <laughs> he but he t- was talking about how, so he's Hispanic and he's from Los Angeles and he made such a good point of he was like the, the the democratic party uses minorities and they use us like as he called it like a booty call like he only they only use us when they need us and it was in 2016 it was hispanics with the whole thing that trump said that you know they're animals and they're racist or, or that he's racist and he doesn't want anyone coming in from mexico and they're raping people you know that mm-hmm. whole that whole narrative and now it's the black americans and yep. it's like when you look at it, I'm like, oh, my God, that's what they totally did in 2016. They were using Hispanics and now they're using black Americans. And I'm not here to go ahead. Uh, I, I think part of that, too, is why why they shift why this year they're focusing on black Americans because of the Blexit movement. Yeah, there's so many, so many, uh, so many black Americans that are coming out in support of Trump away from the Democratic Party. They're waking up. They're realizing what's going on. And it's just, they, they, so they, what they, they, so I'm kind of going back to what I was just saying is like they created these fake problems that, and I'm not saying this disclaimer, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. I'm not saying that there are injustices that yes, I do understand that uh, we, all that we understand that. What I'm saying is the magnitude of how it's, you know, of what it's turned into of, of this whole that black people are just 
being hunted by police officers is just false. It's just Mm -hmm. false. It's not true. And so what do they do? They create a fake problem that black people are being hunted by police officers. And now they have a fake solution that apparently Joe Biden, who's been in office for 47 years of you know, running this broken system that everybody says, you know, who needs, you know, it's like, oh, it's a, the system is broken. I'm like, so you're wanting to vote in the guy who's been running it for 47 years. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And it's just, it, and it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see how people who we look up to, celebrities, athletes, influencers, who are just buying into this narrative. And I mean, so many people who are, you know, artists i mean i guess they are artists authors um stand-up comedians like kind of more like mid-level type celebrities that i follow and who i really like have all just bought into this narrative and i'm like god Mm -hmm. like have you even researched any of this and i think like it it's just it's frustrating to see these people who have such a strong platform and have so many followers and have so many people who look up to them who could really be somebody for change and really initiate change. But all they want to do is just yell and scream. Like you, it's like, like it's like a toddler. Like, do you actually, mm-hmm. like, at what point and kind of like circling back to how we started everything. It's like, at what point do we have, like, do we need to put our emotions aside and start coming up with a solution? Or are we just going to yell and scream and like, how long is this going to go for? Like, at what point are we going to start implementing solutions? Mm-hmm. Well, because that's the funny thing all the time is like, that was a big question too from a lot of people when that little two day boycott came. They said, okay, what are you going to do? And fortunately, one of the players even brought it up in their meeting apparently and said like, what are you guys going to do if we end the season here? Are you just going to go home and live your normal life? Or are you going to go and do something about it? And I think that was a good gut check for a lot of guys to be like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I was probably just going to go home and chill. And um, I think that played into the decision. But, yeah, no, I all, what you hear, what, what, what do we hear all the time? We hear we need to write the, the systematic and racial injustice in this country and we need to fix it. We, what is it? We need police reform. Okay, cool. A little bit of a solution. But most, for most part, they're like, we need to end inequality. We need to we need to have um you know get rid of racial inequality and it's just like okay that's a very vague term but mm-hmm. like ben, you know ben shapiro always postulates he's like that's fine um he goes if you want to claim there's systemic racism all right now give me an, a specific instances of systemic racism he goes i will condemn individual instances of racism as they as they come across and as i have done and th- this is my sentiment as well but like but if you just be like, no, nah, the whole system's kind of jacked up, and then you don't go any further than that, you're you're just a you're just gl- a glance at a headline. Then you're not even mm-hmm. you're not diving into this article at all. And which, by the way, on the note of that, it's really not that hard. A lot of times to to do a tiny bit, do ten minutes of research on any one of these stories recently. That's like, hey, um, here's what happened, and. Before you make any snap judgments, that's the thing that gets gets to me, right? Like Jacob Blake gets shot, and within 24 hours, within hours of it even going viral, I was like, too, not even that. Like, it was like, yeah, like nobody knew anything, hours. and 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 everybody was like, we need justice, we need justice, and none of the information was out. And then I, I even got got into it um, with a with a friend on Twitter, and you know he was just like, nobody should get shot in the back seven times, and gotten this whole thing, and I was like, dude, all I'm saying is hold off on your judgment until we mm-hmm. know more. And literally towards the end of this, like, so this was the next day we, 
we're sitting and you know we're going back and forth and uh and all of a sudden it comes out so like he we, we come to a he tries to propose a compromise saying like okay if there was a gun i'll admit i was wrong and um that i you know that i jumped to conclusions and he goes but if there is wasn't a gun that he was reaching for then you can admit that you were wrong and you weren't jumping to conclusions and you'll do more to you know and he's like and then will you support you know change you know systemic he goes police reform systemic change and fight for justice in every sense of the word and i said i literally responded and said I'm not jumping to conclusions. What I said, I said this three or four times throughout this whole thread. I said, I'm not jumping to conclusions. Mm-hmm. I am merely saying, wait for the facts, stop making judgments and po- and posing that there could be another side to the story where the officer is justified in their actions. And then literally like, as we, as I, we were tweeting that it came out, there was a knife and I was like, there's a knife. And you know what they did? They doubled down and said, knife's not enough for someone to get shot in the back seven times. And I was like, okay, there's just no winning in this then. No. You're not gonna Because even once all the facts came out and I was like, guess what? They found a knife and he was reaching for it. And I wanted to be like, what do you think he was going to do with that knife? What do you think the purpose of that was? Why are we absolving people of personal culpability, responsibility for like, hey, if you make certain choices, like blatantly disobey the police fight them off fight off tasers and then go and reach for a weapon it's like at what point are you going to be held responsible for that part of your actions that led to you getting shot seven times and now paralyzed which on a side note got shot seven times and didn't die super impressive um because i for sure thought he was dead but like I, I'm like, yeah. that's that's another thing that drives me crazy is like we don't give the, the people on the receiving end of this any sort of personal responsibility. Like you like with Brianna Taylor, like you shouldn't have been associating with a known drug dealer who the police were after because then that unfortunately led to the tragic um, killing of you. But there were so many factors and it's just like it's the classic mantra of like your parents being like, make sure to don't hang out with the bad kids because you'll get into trouble. Right. Well, and I, I think, too, the best way I've heard it phrased, and I believe it was Stephen Crowder that said this, the best way I've heard it phrased is, like, because, you know, the, the, like, I always get the comeback of, like, you know, they didn't, no one deserves to die. No, it's, it's like, no one ever said that they deserve to die. Like, no one on the right is mm-hmm. saying that, like, yes, these people should be dead. Like, no one, no. no one is saying that. But the best way that I've heard it, you know, Stephen said is, like, you know, when you, when you break the law or you, um, you know, you put other people's lives in danger, you then forfeit your right to live. So Mm -hmm. if you put somebody else's life in danger, you're, you know, it's like, you look at it as kind of like, like a, like a spectrum almost of like the more you infringe on other people's rights, you're, yours gets less and less and less and that's just the laws of the universe like that's that that's not like that i don't think there's no way of ending that and and that's what i don't think as a whole we have like you said it's like it's no personal accountability and i'm like i don't want anybody to die i don't think anybody should i like it's like i'm not even i'm not even really 100% 100% for the, like, I'm not even really for the death penalty if we're, you know, as, as far as another, you know, to, to keep my arguments, like, kind of intellectually consistent, because that's where a lot of people on the, you know, say, like, well, the right is, you know, you guys are for the death penalty, and this, that's like, I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even really sure where I stand on that, it's such a great area, it's like, I don't want anybody to die, like, I don't think, right. you know, but at the same time, it's like, if you, that man, not only 
infringed on the woman's rights who had the restraining order against him. He shouldn't have been at her house. He shouldn't have stolen her keys. He shouldn't have resisted arrest and assaulted officers. And he shouldn't have tried to go get a weapon in his car. Like how many times does that man have to infringe on somebody else's right? In there were order- so many, like that's like eight steps in the right. wrong direction. Right. And- right. And and I think that that's, that's a con. That's why I said, I was like, at what point are we just going to stop yelling and screaming and look at this from a rational perspective? And, you know, I had somebody bring up to me, it's like, well, what if it was a white woman? And I was like, okay, well, did she also do these same things? Because if she was at, you know, an ex-husband's house threatening him that had a restraining order and then also assaulted police officers and had a history of domestic abuse and child abuse or whatever, like, okay. Like, I don't feel bad. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not going to get upset over that. Like, I don't know. You can mm-hmm. call me, but like, that's, it's like, I'm not going to get upset if I see that. I'm going to look and say, if I were to see a video of a cop shooting a white woman, I would be like, okay, well, what did she do? Like, what, like, what, like, you know, I've never yeah. once. My I've first never, question is, okay, what happened here? Right. Right. And, you know, and I saw a video on Twitter of, you know, it was like, it was saying, it's like, this is why Jacob Blake was shot. And it was two police officers trying to arrest a man. And the man gets out, he's the wrestling, he gets out, he reaches in his car, he grabs his gun, shoots both of the police officers, and then drives away. Yep. That was a real life thing that like, that was real police in the, in the, I don't know if the cops died or not, but both of the cops were, were shot. And then the man got in his car and drove away because he reached into his car and grabbed a gun. And so it, it's just like to kind of circle this back around, around to sports. It's like when I see athletes or I see an entire sports league, you know, supporting or I see now NFL has Jacob Blake on his helmet. I'm like, are we, am I living in a different world or, or, or Mm -hmm. what? Like, I'm like, am I, am I living in the same world as these people? Because all I know is that Jacob Blake was a, he was, did not treat women. Well, he, there's a lot of, I don't even want to bring up what I, what women and children. Yeah. I don't even want to bring up what I've read of what he did to the woman who had a restraining order against him. I don't want to, I don't, I I can't even repeat what he said to her because it was so crude and disgusting. And it's like, I look at that as a woman. I'm like, that's who you guys want to put on your helmet. Like that's who you guys want to ride on your shoes. Like, because like it's all about the race dynamics, right? Because it's all about what I, what I call the race dynamics. So like when someone's like, what if it was a white woman? What if it was a white woman? Like Mm -hmm. the classic, I don't know if I brought it up in, in one of our episodes, but the test that I always do for these situations, I always describe, like talk through it to my, usually to myself. Cause I talk to myself like a crazy person. And so I, I, You're in I <laughs> I'll talk through it. Good. I'll, I'll talk through it and leave purposely leave all race out of it mm-hmm. and do a lit. And, and that kind of serves as a little bit of a litmus test to say like, okay, w- could race have been a factor? And like when you look at that situation and you just say, okay, a person um, went over to his um, ex's house, um, violating a restraining order, refused to leave, had the cops called on him, resisted the police, and then reached in his car, and that person got shot. 
hmm, feels like everything that person did led to that situation and that or what if the cops outcome. wouldn't have come what what if he had yeah. done to her you know well, and it's like yeah. it's the same people who are screaming who were screaming you know for me too with brett kavanaugh wanting to destroy his life <laughs> and i'm like so it, it's just there's no the the arguments are just not intellectually consistent and no. i think that that's what's the most frustrating about all of it is like you, you know you can't say it's like it's like okay yes black lives matter but only the black lives that fit your narrative and it's like or you can't say like mm-hmm. oh like oh you know we're me too believe all women believe all women but then not believe this woman who had a restraining order so it's like what 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 should have happened in that situation? Like, did you not? Like, you wanted to defund the police, so are you not wanting yeah. the cops to show up in that moment? Like, what what? what I, I just don't understand. Like, was seven shots excessive? Maybe I don't know. I wasn't there. Right. I, and I that's wasn't, and that's the position <laughs> I hold too. Yeah, I'm like maybe it, it could have been. You know, is the no knock warrant with Breonna Taylor. Is that, do I agree with that? No, I don't. I mean, like, I don't know. Oh, I'm fine with it actually. Now after that, reading that document, I'm totally fine with it, but like it, it, you know, and and I do, it's like, okay, it was in middle of the night. Like I can understand. Mm -hmm. It's like, maybe there could have been a better way to handle that situation. You know, it's like, uh, but once again, it was like, like they, they, these, the, the people who are in question here have, and already infringed on other people's rights. So it's like, it goes back to that law of the universe of like, the more you step in that direction, your right to live gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so regardless of race, and I think that, you know, and that's what Tim Pool talks about all the time is just like this whole movement, this whole thing, they turned into overt racist. And it's just like looking looking at a situation that like this is all like just overtly racist. It's like I don't like why does the skin color matter? And I think that's mm-hmm. what conservatives are getting so frustrated with is like why are you shoving racism down my throat? Why are you showing race down my throat? Like I never saw this as a race thing. Why are you making this a race thing? Or you know, white Hispanic cop shoots black man. Like what? <laughs> like what are we even doing anymore? And well, it's and, like the fiery but mostly peaceful protest on CNN. Yeah. I was like. I thought that was Photoshop when I saw that on Twitter. So did I. I thought it was. I thought it was a meme. I, mm-hmm. was, I thought it was a meme. And, and then it was real. It was real. It was real. And it's just it, it, it. It's sad that this has. It's infiltrated. You know something that people like you and I are so passionate about, and that brings us so much joy. And that you know we we use that as an escape. You know. Uh, you know it's just, it's sad. And it's, it's, it's sad because it's, it's something that should be like you, you said on a previous episode of like sport, you know, the time should be sacred. It should be no politics. It should be no religion. It should be Mm -hmm. just sports. Like you're in that world. And if you want to use your platform after that clock hits zero to talk about any sort of whatever you want to talk about and you're quote unquote off the clock, then that's fine. I don't care. Like, but like, I can't like, I'm, like, it's just like, if you take that and you apply it to like normal day life, like, can you imagine if I was on sales calls and I'm like, Oh, and by the way, um, you know, do I have your support for president Trump? 
Like, can you imagine if yeah. I was doing that, like, while I was on the job, like, while I was working? Like, and, that, and I think that's also where, where people get frustrated is, like, I can't go to my job and talk about whatever mm-hmm. political issues I want to while I'm on the clock. I'll get fired. And it's, like, people, you know, I know it's different because it's in the bubble, but in, like, real, you know, when we get back to real life, it's like, people pay to come and watch you play basketball. I don't pay to come and hear you talk about politics. I pay to come watch you play basketball. <laughs> like, and so and that's why the ratings yep. are tanking. That's why the ratings are down 40% from last year. See, initially I thought it, in part, I think mostly was due to that. But I did have the thought initially because it had like noon games. And I was like, eh, part of it could be the fact that there's like some middle of the day games. That's but true. then now we're out of that. But now yeah. we're out of that. And games aren't starting until 530 um, and so it's like, okay, and ratings are still bad. So I'm like, no, I think, I think even if that was a small, a factor, it was a small factor, but anyways, so what, what is to tie this all back to our original point? Like, so what, what is the, what does the future even look like with this? Like, cause I mean, I've hit the point where when, just with all the stuff that the NFL has preemptively come out and said, where last year I had. Um, I had their game pass or whatever, which basically allowed me, I could go back and rewatch. I couldn't want, it wasn't live stuff, but I could go back and rewatch um, any game because I was usually working or had something going on during all the games I wanted to watch. And now mm-hmm. I'm going, mm, and I was like, Oh, we're doing all this nonsense. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be into the NFL when it comes around. So I'm going to cancel that, save some money. Yeah. Um, and, but then now it's just like, as it's continued, I'm like, I, my interest and you're talking to like, Football is my main squeeze in sports. Like it is mm-hmm. my jam. Like I've like a later in life consideration for careers, literally football coach for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm coming to a point where I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this. If they're going to do all this nonsense, like I'm going to have to pick up NASCAR or something because this is, well, this is hell wild. even NASCAR, you can't even get yeah. away with it. <laughs> like you can't even like, or you can't even like get away from mm-hmm. it, not with it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing with uh, what's his face with the the noose in his garage. The garage like, pull down that's been there it, for like six months. Yeah, like it load is, of crap. It, it it's just it's it's too much, and I don't you know, and I don't know what it looks like. I think for me, like I'm I'm not really a big NFL fan. I've never really I, I've tried I, I've tried getting into it. I've done fantasy football a couple of times. And it's just NFL has never really been my jam. I love college football, which mm-hmm. is really I'm concerned of what that's going to look like. Um, oh man! And I mean, because like OSU football is is like that's my jam. Like that's like my yeah. that's what we grew up. When I say we had OSU football season tickets, we tailgated. So it's like that's like my my childhood. That's where I went to college. Like that's where. And I'm like you know with what. Um, you know, the whole thing with Mike Gundy wearing an OAN shirt. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, what is this even going to look like? Like, can we? Yeah. You and know, Chuba it's chastising like, him. And he's like, he didn't. Under, and I was like, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. Because no. college athletes, it's even worse because you're so much younger. Think about because think about like for listeners out there, think about you at 16 and 17. What did you understand about Paul? I knew I was overtly non-political. Yeah. Or just like, I just went, I mean, like going back to the other episode I did where I was in college, I just was blindly following and I, I was mm-hmm. just angry and just like following all these issues and was just like, yep. you know, anytime someone would bring it up, I would just like yell at them. And like, it was just, and and I, with Chuba doing that, that I'm like, this university has given you everything. And as 
you know, as a university that, I mean, no, we're not, we're the, we're the younger brother of, you know, college football Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma, like, but this university has given him everything. Like I, my, my family is really good friends with people on the coaching staff and the recruiting side. And like, we are very much involved in OSU football. And when that came out, like, I was just like, come on. Like, I was to the point where I was like, I don't need, like, you don't have to, like, you can leave. Like, you don't have to mm-hmm. be here. You know, if it's that bad, I'm like, if it's that bad and Mike Gundy is just that terrible and the, the, the school is that racist, then why didn't you go to the NFL draft? Like, yeah, and declare, just, man, get out. Yeah, I'm like, and, and for me, like, obviously, yes, he's an incredible athlete. I'm very grateful that he was on our team. And I, I think that, you know, this season, I think that there's a lot of potential for, for OSU. But, at the, but like, but I'm like, I, most OSU fans that I talk to, they're like, I don't want to deal with Well... Hmm. This is interesting. I can't hear you anymore. You know, my mom and I, my mom and I, oh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I don't, sorry. Someone was, hang on. I don't know. My phone was like being That's fine. That was, uh, that was a fun little, um, Fun little like seven seconds of, of radio silence. The podcast is not over, folks. Um, and the awkward thing is, it's still it might the recording might have caught everything that you said, but maybe okay. You, hang you on, I just it. lost you. I just lost oh. you. <laughs> what's okay. going on? I don't know. Okay, um, what was the last thing you heard that I said? Um, you were talking. You were about to get into a lot of other OSU fans that you've talked to. That. I really think that, you know, like they're like I was talking with my mom, and like there's like if Mike Gundy, like he came out and he just totally bent a knee, and mm-hmm. we were like we would like like the fans were behind him, the fans were behind him, and like we're we're here, we're gonna support you, like don't you know it's like if you let this happen, then like then what else is gonna happen, you know, or just or just whatever, you know, it was just, it was frustrating to see, like, it was just totally bending the knee, like, no, you know, no, 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 like, coming out and saying, I was wearing this shirt, it is a conservative news outlet, conservatives mm-hmm. are not racist, like, he could have come out and, like, still been very professional, but also explained how ridiculous this was, but instead, he came out and totally bent the knee, and apologized, and this and that, and, you know, it's like, it's a whole thing. It seemed with, with, with Drew Brees. Like, oh you, man. I'm like, you've <laughs> totally bent the knee. And the moment that you bend the knee, they won't stop. Because there was another NFL coach. I don't know who his name was, but he's a very, I, I, I cannot remember what team or anything, but I just remember seeing that there was another NFL coach who's a big Trump supporter and they were trying to come after him. And he basically, and he came back and said, kiss my ass. And they left him alone. Like, it's just like, if you stand up to the mob, they'll leave you alone. <laughs> like, and Every time. Somebody, and they'll move on to somebody else. But the moment you bend the knee, Drew Brees, for being proud to stand for your flag that your family fought for our freedom for, now you're wearing the name of a rapist on your helmet. Congratulations. <laughs> like, yeah. someone, And so now you have the weird intersection of 
oh, it's, it was racial injustice on this guy, but he committed sexual injustice on the the girl that he raped. So which one takes precedence there? It's yeah. And it's intersectionality it, at its finest. It is. It is. And it's it's to the point where like most Amer- I feel like most people who because like here here's the thing though I, I was telling this to, to charlie last night it's like i remember when tim tebow wasn't allowed to kneel and pray after he scored a touchdown remember and yeah that wasn't allowed i remember when the dallas cowboys wanted to put the names of the police officers that were shot at a black lives matter riot on the back of their helmets and the NFL said no. Like, so why why can't it's like if we're gonna be political, that's fine. Okay, if we're gonna be political, let's be political. Then everybody gets to be political. Everybody, if people want to pray, if people want to put Bible verses, if people want to put whatever yeah. they want on their helmets, if they want to put Trump 2020, if they want to do whatever, then everybody gets to be political. And that's why people are frustrated. It's like, wait a minute, I remember when you didn't let Tim Tebow pray after scoring a touchdown, but this is okay. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's very hypocritical. And I don't think I, and and this is an assumption. um, I don't think that sports teams realize I would almost argue that majority of their viewership are conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, because I, I, I feel like the left side of politics ends up being the more artistic, um, right. not to overgeneralize here, but like generally like your most liberal friends are also your most um, artistically minded friends who in general aren't into sports. And so like sports are heavily right. conservative and people don't realize that. And I mean, they will eventually. And I think eventually the like I I literally see this as coming to an impasse where the sports are going to like this leagues are going to have to make a decision because their their ratings have got so bad. Their sales have gone down enough because the more that they push, you're going to eventually get to those people who are like, no, like I can I can tolerate this. People like me, who I honestly still kind of like this where it's like I can tolerate I was like, I think I can tolerate this because I just want some good sports. But Uh I'm hitting my point where I'm like, hmm. I might just get into like full-time watching curling and um, <laughs> which I, I love yeah. personal note. I love curling when it comes in the winter Olympics. I yeah. awkwardly had a fascination with it in elementary school and I still like it partially as a joke, but also I actually have come to enjoy it. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting my, I'm hitting my, my wall, my, you know, kind of like in a marathon where it's like, all right, I've gone through all this mud and crap. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm about to just, I'm about to be like, nah, I'm I'm over. It. I'm gonna go back to the car and go home and do because something. Because what's else. the reward for you? What's the reward yeah. for somebody who's conservative, who's watching? Because the left and the media say that Black Lives Matter is not a political statement. That's what they say. So it's like it, it, when we say quit putting politics into sports, they're gonna come back and say, "Well, Black Lives Matter isn't political." Let's cut the crap. Yes, it is. It's very political and it's it's dark oh and it's very divisive and it's done more harm to the black community than anything else. Probably since the KKK. Like, I'm not saying that is like a hyperbolic statement. Like, I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe oh, I that, so. black lives, uh, that Black Lives Matter has caused more racism in this country than the KKK has. And because it's just and we and that's a whole other conversation but 
it is a political statement. It does stand mm-hmm. for, you know, everything has been made political right now. And so it's just like, what's the reward for somebody who's on the right? What's the reward for somebody who doesn't care about politics? Who's just like, I can't like, even like I said, even NASCAR is not even safe, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just like, what's the reward? And, and that's where like, I had to get to a point where I'm like, okay, if I want this to stop, if I want politics to be taken out of sports, I have to stop watching. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm watching, I'm contributing. I'm saying, if I'm watching, then I'm saying this is okay. And I agree with this. And so I know that's a little, that could be a little extreme, but like, I've just cut it until they've stopped. I until they've stopped with politics, I, I'm done watching. And because I don't want to, I don't want to be contributing to the to that platform. And honestly, I think it's going to get to a point, kind of like what happened with the the custom jerseys with the NBA, where you mm-hmm. couldn't put free Hong Kong on there. So <laughs> so instead of like uh, no, no no custom jerseys, no, we're done. No one can buy it. Yeah. So they just cut it off for everybody. So I, because they got so much backlash for that. So I hope it gets to a point where they're just like, okay, we're done. no politics, nothing. Like we're done. Like, and then we're like, good. Then I'll watch sports again. <laughs> I think it has to like, because it's going to get, it's going to get more and more down. It's going to get further down the road with this. The messages are going to be more prevalent. And I think you're going to see, I mean, so for instance, teams, a lot of teams are turning their arenas into a actual polling place where you can go and vote, which is like, Oh, we're bringing it into our office. We're we're literally bringing it in. (laughs) And, and, and now, and now you see this whole vote campaign um, across the NBA, particularly where it's like every game, there's a still graphic that is up the entire game that you'll see all throughout the game, it just says vote 11-3-2020, which on one hand I don't disagree with, but the timing of this is also um, seemingly coincidental. I don't think it is at all that I am then skeptical because I'm like, oh no, this is like, it's, it's, I think it's embedded in that message. It's like, no, we need to vote to fix this because that's how you fix this. But like, we need to vote Trump out, I think is kind of right. like an underlying theme there. That's obviously my speculation, but it's just like, it has to hit a point where it's like, okay, you keep pushing this and keep pushing this. Like people are going to start taking action like you and um, you and me here who are just regular Americans. And and what's going to happen is it's going to get so bad and they're going to lose so much money, so much viewership where they're going to literally have to say like, okay, so we can't do this anymore. And you're going to come to, they're going to come to an impasse because you know, a lot of, you know, their player base feels strongly about it where they're going to have to say like, Hey, we're, we need to back off and they're going to probably try and shift and pivot in such a way to make it feel like they're still behind the players. But so they, they can then pull the politics out of their like, you know, like not slathering logos on the court um, for it and, th- and having commercials for it but right. i think i think the problem with that is the players are going to see right through it as they should as everyone will and so then they're going to come to an impasse where they say all right do i end my career or or do i potentially end my career and step away from this which i think most of them won't and they don't they don't realize that they aren't that they aren't prepared to do that i think because mm-hmm. most people don't think about like don't don't think about oh if i don't support this political message um like am i ready to quit my job that's not a 
because that's not usually a thought that should have to come across. Like, and it oh, shouldn't if I don't want to wear this shirt to and work, it, then yeah, it shouldn't be. Yeah, and it, it shouldn't be. And and I I think you're right that like I you know I didn't even think about that perspective of like what mm-hmm. the if the league comes out and says okay no more Black Lives Matter no more politics yeah. no more social justice things like that you know we're done. I think you have a lockout at least for a short period of time. Yeah, I never I never thought about that. I mean mm-hmm. I. I don't yeah, know. It's kind of like I a three-part thing, right? So the fans yeah. pull back, and then the NBA is like, no, we're or sports league. We'll generalize it more. So, so whatever sports league it is, I'm like, okay, that's fine. We can deal with it. We still have a strong base. But then that just dwindles away, and you get to it. They're they're going to get to a financial point where they're like, we're going to have to do something different. And then, and then so then that conversation shifts between them and their employees, aka the players, and the players are going then going to have to make that decision. Where it's like if the league comes out and says like, "Hey, we got to pull back from this, and we have to just focus on the sport," then the players are going to have to be like, "Okay, do I?" Oh, I think initially you'll have the pushback of like, "No, we're not going to play," and then then you're going to have some who do step away. You're going well, to have some like, who try to have step to away. Like they're going to, it's just like, it's a business. Well, it's like, well, they're already then that's letting... going to affect their livelihood. Yeah. And then a lot of them are going to realize, Oh crap, I don't make any money anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but on the flip side of that, a lot of them may try and go the direction of Colin Kaepernick and continue to make even more money than they did. Playing good for the them. Sport, that's the beauty of capitalism. That's the mm-hmm. beauty of capitalism. And and it's so funny. It's the same people who say that capitalism is evil. I'm like, really? How much money has Colin Kaepernick made from Nike for complaining? Like, for literally like, being a victim. And then and then sabotaging his tryout because guess what? I, I postulate that he knew he wasn't going to get any serious no. ask. He was going to be, at best, um, second string. But but he couldn't risk going out there and actually playing bad and proving all those people right who said, yeah, he's not good. And if he comes back, he's not going to be good because he hasn't been playing for like four years now. And and so he purposely was like, no, this isn't okay. Like I want it to be all on my terms. And the NFL was like, we extended an olive branch and tried to meet you in the middle and you totally sabotaged it last minute to make a scene. And so like when I, when I saw that happen, I was like, Oh, he clearly doesn't want to play. He just wants to make a scene and stay relevant. And because mm-hmm. that'll continue to get him clicks, make him money, get him deals. It's literally failing upward. Like you take a yeah. stand and quote unquote, when, well, you know, everyone always says he sacrificed his career. No, it's the problem his is career if, you're was not, declining. <laughs> if you're, if you're like... not, if you're not LeBron James and you come out and make those sort of statements, then guess what? you can get you'll the team will be willing to cut you and be like we'll find someone else who's that good and and then you're out and that's really what happened there not so much so that it was such a controversial message that they were willing to do it because i guarantee you watch the number one star in whatever sports league it is come out and make the same statements and they won't get cut from their team because guess what they are quintessential in right. that team's success that's why the can come point, out and he, say the stuff that he says, and right. there's absolutely no no thought of backlash because it's LeBron. It's the LeBron effect, right? Well, it's like it's like these teams are a business, and that's why I said it's like mm-hmm. if they want to come out and they want to, you know, do this and do that, it's like okay, then expect to either get cut from the team or to get paid significantly less. Because guess what? That's the real world. I understand mm-hmm. that, like these people, you know, it's like you said, talking about privilege and like kind of going back. It's like. And then that's why Americans are so frustrated. It's like, what do you have to complain about? Like you have a lifestyle that 
a mass majority of Americans, people all over the world will never even have an opportunity to have a lifestyle like you have, and you're using your platform to complain. And so it's like, you have that right. You know, you have freedom of speech, but freedom of speech can also mean consequences. And so it's like, I don't care if they want to say all those things, if they get cut and they want to sign this huge deal with Netflix to make some documentary where they're going to make millions of dollars. Good for you. If you have an audience that wants to watch it, good for you. I don't care. But once again, like it's the point where I care is just like, I'm not going to pay money to hear about your politics. Yep. Like, I'm not going to. Cause there know, are people like, who do that professionally that I will pay money for. I right. Ben Shapiro, um, right. you know, Tim Pool, even, um, yeah. even though he's more news oriented, but like they're, that is their job and th- they are proficient at it. Right. And so it's like, well, while... it's just like, it's just like how I pay for Steven Crowder's mug club. I pay yeah. for his mug club and I pay because he is a comedian, political commentator and he's funny. And if he were to come out and do a like start talking about something completely different like he's i don't even I don't let's even say know. he talked let's say he tried he, he tried to talk inbounds plays in the final moments of the other night's like thunder game or something right like that, and I try would to be like, like this is what they should have done you'd be like yeah whatever buddy or even like tim's podcast tim pool's podcast there was one when when adam was still on where they started talking about they start talking about like games and like PlayStation and like stuff like that. And I turned it off. I was like, I don't, I'm not interested in that. And it's like, right. you know, it's like, I don't come. They, and that's what they even said. Like Temple even brought that back up. He was like, people come to this podcast to hear about commentary on the news. Like they don't come here to listen about games. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's the same as like people don't go to sports to listen to politics. Like they go for for sports and, and I can only imagine, like, I keep coming back to like these, you know, people don't, I don't really think people grasp that these teams in these organizations, they're a business that employ people and that people who aren't making millions of dollars, people who are making 10, 15 bucks an hour and who are barely making it and people who sell tickets, who can't sell tickets right now. And yep. it's like, you're hurting your own organization. Like I can't even imagine as somebody who used to sell tickets for the NBA, I can't even imagine what ticket sales reps are going through right now. Oh man. And I can't even imagine trying to make phone calls to represent a team that is like just doing this political nonsense and, you know, boycott. It's like, as a fan, you know, I'm like, I was wanting to get, you know, tickets for next year, but I'm like between COVID and now if it's like, oh, you're just, if something happens on the news and it triggers you, you're just not going to play. Like, why right. would I, in, why would I invest in that? And so it's like, and not even thinking about that, but like, what about the corporate sponsors? Like, mm-hmm. it's like how many sponsors have pulled out? Like, I know sponsorships have pulled out before even the political stuff happened when it was just the lockdown. And so it's like, there's repercussions to your actions, guys. Like there's re- it's like, yes, we can all be in agreement that social justice, like whatever, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But like how many part-time people are being let go? How many full-time people are being let go? And they're out of a job now because of yeah. this image that you've created that most of your fans, especially in the thunder are going to be conservative. They're not going to be about this stuff. They're, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to be into it. 
And so you're only you're only hurting more people by doing this. And I think like as somebody who's been in that business and who's been in that space, that's the most infuriating part is like you are hurting so many people right now. You are going to make millions of dollars, LeBron James, no matter what you do. But your actions are now repercussioning to people who don't make millions of dollars, who maybe make yeah. 10, 15 dollars an hour, who are barely making it probably not making any commission off ticket sales right now because there's no tickets to be sold or there's so much uncertainty and it's just they, they don't care they, it's in like i know you and i were talking about this and i've said this a million times in conversation i posted on instagram if they really cared and they really believed that there are so many just injustices in this country they would schedule a meeting with president trump and his administration even reached out to lebron james for a meeting and got denied and so, yeah. Doc Rivers, if you want to be yelling and screaming on a post-interview how the Trump administration is causing all of these problems and is saying all these things, then go have a meeting with him. He was he does roundtables all the time, all the time. I watched and one so, yesterday. Yeah, he does it all the time, and that's why, like, when I saw that the NBA is pushing the, to vote and to have like polling stations and to register, like, it just I, it did not sit well with me because of how outspoken these players and coaches have been about the Trump administration, which they have every right to do. But the league as a whole is taken on Black Lives Matter, which is a leftist stance. It's a leftist ideology that they've taken on. So what is that subconsciously? What is that doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, um, didn't President Trump like two and a half, three years ago, meet with Kim Kardashian to talk about prison reform. And actually yep. like she then, which then led to um, certain prison reforms and people which led to the first step. Crime. Yep. The first yeah, step back. Exactly. Yep. And so it's yep. like, wait a minute, hold on. Kim Kardashian, like, don't forget, like he's met with, and the joke was obviously, you know, he, well, he loves beautiful women. And so of course he met with Kim Kardashian, but like, no, he's well, he met, met with Kanye. With, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was met, her and Kanye. Yeah, I met with Kanye. So it's like, no, he's willing to hear you and actually take take action take action behind it. And so it's just like the fact that what it comes back to a lot of times, like in these conversations, like to go back to that Twitter conversation that I had with um, around the Jacob Blake shooting, where it literally in real time came out that oh, there was a knife, and also he wasn't breaking up a fight that he was he was in the wrong, and and oh, and they had tased him. That it's still to the person I was talking to, it still didn't matter. They right. were they their mind was made up no matter what factual evidence came out. And so it was kind of a perfect case for like what I'm trying to say is like, don't have your mind be made up. Try and right. step back out of your biases and say, OK, I have to be willing to swallow my pride and say I could be wrong about this situation, which I have been. I've been wrong. I'm wrong all the time. And I, I am willing to be wrong about this. And if I am wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong. And then I, I will concede that, you know, you were right or this right. was right. Or like, I'm always ready anytime in, in all these recent um, shootings that have been reported on, you know, it's I'm my first thought is, OK, what happened? And mm -hmm. Let's sit back and wait. But everyone's already up in arms and protests happen. I'm like, guys, we don't even know what happened. We saw the last 10 seconds of of that interaction, because guess what? People start recording when things start to escalate. They don't start right. recording for no reason. And right. so like, 
that first recording started probably in the midst of him being tased and fighting off the cops. Like, and, and that was who knows how long into the interaction. You could have been an hour into the interaction. It's well, like, and what did he do to that woman? What did he do? Exactly. I know he stole her keys. It's like, what, yeah. what, what was that interaction? Was mm-hmm. he threatening her? He's already, he's already sexually assaulted her. So what, yep. what was he going to do? And so it, it's just, and that's the thing. It's like, when you, when you talk about it, it's like, what other things would, would you have done? Like what, I mean, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe just shoot him, shoot him once. I don't know. Like not shoot him at all. Like what did he have right. in there? There were kids in the car. He was, he had a record of abusing kids. He could have gotten in the car and drove mm-hmm. off with the kids. Like we, you don't know, like you have a split second to make these decisions. And, and is it not our duty as adults to be mindful that there are kids present and to watch what we do and say case in point if we're getting arrested by the cops and our kids are in the car to not then go into the car and try and reach for a weapon to fend off the cops getting a shot in front of our kids like people he was shot in front of his kids and it was like did he do anything to incite that shooting absolutely and does right. he hold some responsibility to the fact that he took actions that led to a traumatic experience for his kids right he, has some culpability in that situation. It, I would say more, if not just as much, you know, as the shooters it, to go down that path a little bit, but it's, it's ridiculous. Well, and I, and I think too, when we won, he had a warrant out for his arrest. So nobody it, likes to even acknowledge that. I'm like, it, you have an open warrant for your arrest, no matter what you're doing, the cops show up and they find that out. Guess what? You are getting arrested. You don't need to know any other information. Like, all other right. information is irrelevant. He had an open warrant for his arrest, and he probably knew it because um, it wasn't parking tickets. Right. Then guess what? Well, you are going to get arrested, and I don't even need to know any other details. Like, get well, arrested. And it's just, if you, you know, and here's the deal. It's like, can cops be assholes? Yes. Uh-huh. I've, been pull- I, I, I've been pulled over, and... You know, I got pulled, I would get pulled over in college all the time because I had, I was in a sorority and I had Greek letters on my car and I would get pulled over all the time. And I, they were, it was just like, oh, like sorority, rich, white girl, you know, mommy and daddy are just going to pay for everything. Like type, that's how they would treat me. And there was one time where they were trying to get me for drunk driving, which I was coming home from the library and (laughs) (laughs) like I was studying and they were trying to get me for drunk. He told me to get out of the car he was shining in my light shining the light like right in my face just being a total dick Mm -hmm. and it's like but i didn't try to run away i didn't you know it's like i complied like yes he was real it's like yes yes okay 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 and you know here's my driver's license here's my insurance you know and like he was yelling at me and he was trying to get me for drunk driving he was that's what he was doing i knew I, i know for sure it was like two in the morning and so but i complied and i went home like right. if I were to resist, if I were to try to cuss him out, if I mm-hmm. were to attack him, if I were to run away or whatever, like th- it would have escalated. And so it's like, do cops get the wrong people? Yes. It's like, but if you don't make it worse, you're going to have your day in court. And so like, that's an, that's an argument that like, I hear a lot from the left is like, well, everyone deserves their day in court. I'm like, yeah. And everyone who complies with police officers gets their day in court. Don't punch like, a cop in the <laughs> face and you'll get your day in the court. Like, I don't understand. Like, it, it's just like, you know, and they and people on the left will say like, well, you know, black people have to have black Americans have to have that conversation with their kids when they get pulled over by police officers. And I'm like, my parents had a conversation. And I was like, I had that conversation. 
Like literally everyone. Like when you get pulled over, you put your hands on the wheel. You mm-hmm. say yes, sir. You say no, sir. You or yes, ma'am. What you know, you 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 do what they say. You give them their insurance. You know, have your insurance ready. Have your driver's license. Don't make any sudden movements. Like I was taught that. Like so, it, it's just like that's not a black thing. That's just an American thing. And that's just a general like life rule. <laughs> Anywhere right. you are, if you get pulled over by by their police. If I'm in, if I'm in freaking, <laughs> well, certain countries, you got to be careful. But like, if I'm in like Switzerland and I get pulled over by the cops, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to follow all the same rules that I, all those rules you just mentioned. Like, that's just like basic common sense right. type, like rules to follow. And-, and there are times where, yes, like cops can be, cops can be jerks and they can go over the top. Like my husband was he was he was pulled over. This was before we were together, but he was pulled mm-hmm. over. He his his tag on his car was expired, and his license had just expired, and he didn't Ooh. realize it. He, they took him to jail. That he had to spend the night in jail. They revoked yeah. his license. He had to spend thousands of dollars to get it back. Where the cop could have just been like, just go get it taken care of. But no, mm-hmm. he, they they he took the the most extreme case that could have happened in that they they did mm-hmm. to him. And he was and, a white male. <laughs> like, and the unfortunate like, truth about that too is like, while that sucks and the cop could have done that, the cop did nothing wrong in right. doing that. It's just, right. it's kind of like they have, they have the discretionary, they've been given the discretionary authority to be able to either say like, Hey, go get this taken care of ASAP or mm-hmm. like, Nope, you're, you're going, you're going to jail. And right. Yeah, he had to spend the night in jail and have to get paid to, you know, they had to, mm-hmm. they had to get paid, you know, pay his bail. Like, and like, it was, it was just like something, I mean, thousands of dollars he had to spend because it's of not this. Cheap. No. And so it's like, you look, it's like, you look at it and it's like, you know, it, like you said, it's like, but the, technically the cop didn't do anything wrong. Like he was following the law and, yeah. and, you know, it's just like, well, like, yeah, you should you know, pay attention next time, you know, and so, but now well, it's knows. good incentive <laughs> to always double check that stuff and know when that stuff expires because you don't want to be doing that illegally. And like to go back to your, your, your college story about getting pulled over and he was trying to get you for drunk driving, learning the details of it. I'm not saying what he did was necessarily okay, but I, but a thought that ran through my head was like, okay, like what, is there any sort of outside reasons why the cop would maybe be extra suspicious that mm-hmm. um, this would be a drunk driver and certain things? So, like you said, you know, it was you're, you're in a sorority, so you had the Greek letters on your car, and fraternities and sororities are known for partying. So it just right. is what it is, right? That's the stereotype. Um, not speaking to you personally, but and then you said like it was late at night; it was like two in the morning, and so that's another mm-hmm. thing. And you're in a college town, and he you know, cop sees that. And I'm sure, because I'm sure he's had plenty of run-ins with actual yeah. drunk drivers that fit that exact same scenario that you were in, but you were just not one of them. Like I had a sort of weird, similar situation, except mine was in the middle of the day. I just moved in freshman year and I'm, I'm down the street from campus. And I guess I like started to swerve and like on the, and, and rode the white dotted lines for like a half a second because I was messing with my radio mm-hmm. and I got pulled over and I wasn't familiar with the area. And so I thought, Oh crap, did I just like run a stop sign or something? And mm-hmm. I pull over and he said, you know, I pulled you over. I was like, no, did I run? Like, was there a stop sign I missed? And he was like, no, you just, you just were kind of riding, riding that center line a little bit. And I was like, Oh, 
and he goes, do you have anything illegal in the car? Or like, and asked me like straight up, basically like, was I on drugs or drinking? And I was like, no, I'm going to Walmart to get a broom and dustpan. And he was like, okay, just pay attention. <laughs> and, and initially I was super, super upset. Cause I'm like, what is this? What is this Jack who doing? Like, why is he pulling me over and being all Mr. Serious? And then I, but then as I thought about it, I realized, oh no, that fits the culture of college as you around a right. college campus. Guess what? You're going to have lots of kids who are going to say, oh, I just live around the corner. Like I'm going to, I'm going to leave this party and do a little bit of drunk driving and those, and a little bit of swerve more you're going to have higher chances of that is a drunk driver given the context of the situation so like in your situation now not to say he didn't maybe take some overly extreme measures in trying to really be able to nab you for drunk driving if you clearly weren't drunk because that's something that it's like usually you pull up and you start talking to someone it's pretty easy to tell one if they're if they're sober or not and so you don't have to like you know, shine a light super in their face and be super stern, you can be kind of reasonable. But all that to say, on some level, you can make you could make the argument for that cop just to say that like this is this fits encounters a common encounter of catching a drunk driver. And so that's mm-hmm. why he was that could play into why he was maybe so suspicious of you. Well, and I would even take that Greek, you know, the, the, the Greek letters and, you know, that stereotype of like, okay, he, yeah, like they, we, mm-hmm. they, we do party a lot. And like, that's not a secret, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's like everybody knows that. And so, you know, take that, it's like, okay, take like Greek letters and like apply that to like, you know, the black community. It's like, okay, black men, cre- you know, create 50% of the crimes in the country Yep. Just like how probably on the campus at OSU, Greek, you know, letters, you know, most of the ones who were arrested for DUIs, like, have Greek letters on it. And so it's like, at right. what point do we need to start taking, you know, personal responsibility and be like, okay, maybe Greek, you know, people in Greek houses either, you know, need to stop driving while drunk, <laughs> you know, or like quit, you know, and, and take, start taking responsibility. Same with, you know, I would apply that with, with the black community. It's like, at what point, you know, do we blame? It's like, I don't blame the cop for doing their job because like, yeah, we were known for partying because we did. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you said, it's like, chances are, you know, when you're pulling somebody over and they have Greek letters, there's a better chance that, they had been leaving a party just like, you know, it's like you said, it's like, you don't know. You just, you have split seconds to make decisions. You have, you take all of the information around you and yes, there were stereotypes, but it's like, at what point do you have to start taking personal responsibility? And it's like, you know, stereotypes, although they may not, it's like, yeah, there were a lot of stereotypes on, on me as someone who was in a sorority, but they had truth to them. Like, you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's just personal responsibility is what it comes down to. And so it's like, you know, and it's like, at what point is there any sort of personal responsibility? Like, are we just going to let people of the black community go around and do whatever they want? Like, I don't want that. I don't care what race they are. I don't want anybody doing that. (laughs) Like, and it's so it's just, I think it's interesting how you brought that up of like with the Greek, it's like, it could be applied the same to, to this. And, Right. It's a. I mean, and I and I do think that that there there is change that that could happen. There's change that could be made, and I think that Ben Shapiro said it perfectly when he was on on Joe Rogan of like, okay, what's what's the solution? It's like 
The solution needs to be more funding to police. The solution needs to be more police in these areas, because then when police are in these areas, that means that the area is safe. And when the area is mm-hmm. safe, businesses feel comfortable investing their money in there. And if businesses are investing money, that's going to create jobs. And if there's jobs and people work there, people are going to buy homes there. And then that's how the economy grows. That's how these communities change and become better is not with these super strict gun laws, not with defunding the police. It's bringing that first step in there to make sure that everybody feels safe because if people don't feel safe, they're not going to live there. That's why the real estate is super cheap and that's why it ends up being poverty and that's how it constantly circles. And so if you are able to make the area safe and you are able to you know, bring more police there, making sure that they have the proper training, they know what they're doing, they're constantly being trained, they have body cams, they have the funding that they need, they have the resources that they need then it's like, that's what's going to bring, you know, that's what's going to bring peace to these areas. It's like that. It's just, it it just makes sense. It makes sense to me that way. Like this other, this, the other solutions of defunding the police and banning guns and like all of this, like that doesn't make any sense. Hiring social workers to, (laughs) to to respond to nonviolent, um, uh, 911 calls. And I'm like, Oh, let's see how that goes. I'm like, you are full blown living in the, in the, than the than the how things should be world, you know, where we're, right because people get caught up saying, well, no one should, you know, get shot for this, and it's like I agree, no one should, but if people make certain certain decisions, they they're going to put themselves in a position where it's hard to for them to not have X happen to them, and it's just like, and that's what that when I heard when I first heard that, they're like, yeah, we're going to take away funding from the police, and we're going to have community social workers, and I'm like, that is the most politically correct, also nonsense <laughs> term that like you, what you're going to have is you're going to have these social workers show up, and they're either going to get beaten up, um, killed, or um, the, the perps are going to get away, and you're not going to have any solve like because think about how how teenagers treat a mall cop. It's like, oh, you're not a real cop. You can't do anything to me, dumb mall right. cop. Like, exactly. But if I saw a real cop in the mall, I'd be like, oh, like, I'm going to mind my P's and Q's. And that, I think it'd be the same situation because it's like, it's like, what what delusion are you living in where you think, okay, no, if we just came at this super peaceful and calm and said, Hey, look, man, we're here to help you. Like it, it, uh-huh. it really does sound pretty hippie ish in a lot of ways. And I'm just like, that's not going to work. You don't understand that. Like, it's not like, these and, criminals aren't going to respond to that. Well, and like with my background, my, you know, my degrees in psychology, I'm really big into like, you know, personal like development and therapy and working through, you know, all your crap. Like I'm all about that stuff. And so it's like, do I think that these people have mental issues of some sort or have something going on in their life that's causing them to do this? 100%. But in the oh. heat of the moment, they're not going to be thinking rationally. I mean, nope. look at the riots. <laughs> like, look at everything yep. that's happening in our in our world. When emotions are high and you're in that fight or flight state, you're not going to be thinking rationally. You're going to be thinking. And so it's like coming in and talking about our feelings in that moment is probably not the best time. Nope. And it, it's just... How would have like, how, how would have George, George Floyd, who was high out of his mind on fentanyl and had enough to cause pulmonary arrests, which probably ultimately killed him um you know how do you think he would have responded to social worker coming up right or uh rayshard brooks who was so drunk that he fell asleep in the drive-thru like it's just 
and I think it's like, and I understand that this there's there's philosophical differences between between mm-hmm. the right and the left, but it's like ultimately at the end of the day, like I would say it is, or if not the most important thing to a human being is to feel like they're safe. And if they don't feel like they're safe, then that community is not going to thrive. If you can't trust the person next to you, if you can't trust that this person is going to do the right thing, like then that, that's a Republic. That's what we live in. And so that's what we have to bring. We have to bring safety. Like we have to bring safety to these cities and more police and, and just, it, it's not going to change. And, and even, I would even argue from a, you know, the an economic side of it is like Trump's economic policies are going to, you know, they created the lowest black unemployment rate. They created the lowest Hispanic unemployment rate with women, with everyone. And it's just, I, I think people are just, they're so blinded by anger and hate towards Trump, towards mm-hmm. whatever that it's like, CDS. It, it's just, like, like I said, at what point do we have to sit down and actually start having a conversation? And I just, I wish, you know, tying it back to sports, I, I wish that the athletes would, you know, if they did, and, and it's like, and I don't know their backgrounds. Maybe a lot of them did come from poverty. Talk about how you came out of it. Talk about yeah. how you overcame it. Talk about, you know, you know, talk to those people because you, you know, and don't say that the system's against you while you're making millions of dollars, because clearly it's not that much against you. It worked for you. So why couldn't it work for somebody else? And talk about that. And it's just, the message is just, it's creating more hate. It's creating more division. It's creating, you know, more negative feelings towards police officers. It's just creating more problems. And I just, I wish they would take it out of sports because, the media is already doing that enough. And I just, I hate that it's, I hate that it's in sports right now. Yeah. And it, it creates division amongst something that's supposed to be unifying. Going back mm-hmm. to another point I said, where it's like, I've seen posts of people who are like kind of basically saying what we're saying here is like, uh, no, we're not going to like, we're not going to invest in this. We're not going to watch anymore because they've, they've gotten too political. And then you have fans who are on the other side of that issue and say like, good riddance F you and all this stuff. And I'm like, and I step back and look at that and say, so it's even like, it's now fracturing the, the fan, fan base. base. And yeah. this was supposed to be something that like unified people, all mm-hmm. ages, all shapes, all colors. And cause it's like, Oh yeah, we all root for this team. And so we all come back and we all, we all come to the event and we're all high five and happy. And we all walk out and we go about our lives. And it's like, and, and now we're not seeing that. Now it's literally like, are you with us or are you against us? And, you know, cause right. you're not for this, you're against us. And then it, it's not just like, literally, I wish it was just like, Oh, well that's your personal choice. And, you know, sorry, you feel that way. Um, I, you know, and then saying like, well, you know, I agree with him. It's literally like, it's, it's, angry responses of uh-huh. on both sides it's it's you know it's, it's people saying this is ridiculous i'm done and i'm boycotting it and then people responding by saying well well you're a big fat idiot screw you like and that's not really what they're saying i'm obviously like that's a caricature <laughs> but, but that's a little but, bit as well <laughs> uh, heavily censoring no but it's like deeply personal attacks and i'm like whatever happened to being like oh you don't want to watch well i respect that i'm i'm still gonna watch and then and then going about your day. No, you have to then denounce the person 
and say they are horrible and like berate them. And I hate seeing that because I'm like, okay, so this, so so now sports is using losing its unifying factor. Mm-hmm. And the ironic thing is they are trying to promote unity and equality, and they're sowing division because that's right. what politics, in a lot of ways, is inherently about. It comes down, especially party politics and modern politics. A lot of times, it's divisive. Mm-hmm. And especially right now, it is already it has become so divisive because people everyone wants to make it so divisive that then picking this time to get political when the politics are currently so divisive. Guess mm-hmm. what? That means you are no longer a unifying force and you're a divisive force. So yeah. Um, thought question we can kind of kind of wrap it up here and talk sure. maybe predictions, but um because we're going on like an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Um, so thought I had when, when, you know, we're talking like, okay, where do we think this is going to go? I, I see, I see a potential point of climax at the election day. I think this is kind of building towards that. Um, and, and I, and I'm, so I'm wondering, okay, after, depending on how the election goes and after that, is it like, do you think that's going to have an effect on it? Like, and is this maybe going to fall off after election day potentially? You know, I've thought about that and because, you know, I've been thinking a lot of like, what what is this going to turn into with everything pushing for the mail-in ballots and just like, I mean, it's just, it's already like, it's crazy. So as far as a prediction of election and kind of moving it into sports, this is what I, this is what I think is going to happen. I think, I think Trump's going to win in a, in, in a landslide and they're not they're not going to accept it. And it's going to be just, you know, I mean, Hillary's already said like Biden shouldn't concede under any circumstances. And so I don't know what they have planned, but uh, with her, I don't, I don't like uh, her talking about anything. Um, And so, you know, I, but I, I really truly think that I think they're going to try to cheat in some way. I still think Trump's going to win so big that they can't even, they can't even ignore it. I think it's going to create, chaos i think that i think that it's going to bleed into sports i think it's going to be crazy i i really do mm-hmm. think it's going to be just mass unnecessary hysteria um, you think there'll be like boycotts and potential lockouts i it, it potentially i mean hell i don't know like what is well because it? it'll be it'll be it, that'll be that'll be in the technical off season between for yeah. the nba at least it'll be middle of the nfl season but with how um, things are going i i don't I, I could see that happening um i i do i do think i do think it's going to get worse before it gets better when it comes with sports i think yeah. it's oh, it in, has it, to i think it's going to get significantly worse um, I do think it's gonna, you know, Charlie was even saying like, he thinks that they like the, the leagues are just going to crumble. He thinks that they're just going to just double down onto it and they're just going to keep losing money and losing money and losing money. And like, he just, he doesn't think that they're going to turn around the other way. He thinks they're just going to mm. keep going so far left. And he's like, he's like, I think they're just going to crumble. And then like either a new league of some sort is going to be made. Um, I don't think it's going to go quite that far. I think it's going to come to a point where people are going to put their feelings aside and realize that, you know, the owners are going to be like, okay, this is a business guys. Like we can't, we can't keep playing social justice warrior. It's losing money. Like, you know, and I think that, I think that it's going to turn back around 
after the election. I don't know how soon. I think it's going to, I do think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I do think, I think this time next year, I really think everything's going to be back to normal. I really do. Yeah. Okay. See, I, so I agree with you. I think, I think it absolutely has to get, get worse before it gets better because it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you, you see your friend making a mistake and you're like, no, like, don't do this. And they, but, but they just won't take your advice because you have for, for whatever reason. And so it ends up being a situation where you're like, well, I'm going to have to let you like continue down this path and all, and yep. get to get to the point that I had to get to, to learn that lesson. And so like, sometimes you literally just have to let people fail to learn the lesson. Yep. And I think that's where we're at. Like these sports leagues are going to have to continue down this path and get to that hard point of, of like, Oh, if we stick this out, like we're going to fail. Uh, and, and like have to go out of business or we're going to have right. to turn it around. And I, <clears throat> I see that as being around the new years to put a specific mm-hmm. time timetable on it. But um, you know, there's also all this talk of, you know, sports leagues because of COVID could, um, you know, shut down in the middle of their season. Anyways, you already see athletes and conferences and college football opting out. And I was like, Oh, you guys are messing with a lot of people's livelihoods, but they, uh, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I think, I think the NFL is going to, when they start up, I think they're going to go, they're going to try and out woke the NBA um, <laughs> because the fact that their season hasn't even started yet. And I'm, and just yes. from like the, the news updates and like they're in practice putting, you know, Jacob Blake stickers on their helmets and stuff like that. I think it's going to be so woke that like, it's going to be, it's going to be immediate effect. Like they're going to go so yes. hard that people are, people are going to watch week one and they're going to be like, what the flip is this? And then they're going to not gonna yeah. come back to it. Like that's probably, that's what I'm anticipating. I'm going to do. I'm going to be like, sweet, let's check out these games. And then I'm gonna be like, I can't take this. And then I'm going to go do something uh-huh. else. Um, and, and, but I, but I think the NBA is going to continue to push this because as we have, you know, we had, what is it? Dion K happened yesterday and everyone's freaking out. And then body cam footage was released from like, Oh, this kid was running from slash at police and brandished a firearm. I was like, that is absolute grounds for the police to shoot. Absolute. There's no dispute, but because nobody wanted to wait, everyone's saying justice for Dion and you're going to see, you're going to see his, like you're going to see that lean into, but sorry, getting off topic. Um, yeah, I just, and I don't know. Um, I just don't know. I, I could see your your husband Charlie's prediction taking place, but it, it comes down to the leagues. But I don't think they will. I think they are so big that they are going to ultimately like money and the business side is going to win out mm-hmm. on this political thing. But I see. I I definitely see unrest um, when Trump wins again, and also I I'm a little nervous just on a non sports level about how this election pans out because like you said, you know, Hillary saying like don't concede and the theories I've heard about how mail in ballots will come in late and so it's like Trump will be declared the winner, but then Biden will and it'll be a whole mm-hmm. confusion and I'm like, Oh, that's not gonna be fun and I'm just hoping Tim Pool's wrong when he, you know, says, Oh, we're you know, we're kind of pushing towards like a civil war and I'm like, I really would prefer not to live through that. So yeah, because I could potentially not live through that. But um, all right. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's going to be either way. It's it's going to be nuts. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do think I do think with everything, like just the politics and mm-hmm. just sports, I, I do think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But 
I, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel though. I, I see it as like, like a detox, you know, yeah. like we're just, we're just detoxing like, you know, so many things. And it's like, it's, it's got to get worse before mm-hmm. you get better. But I, I really do start. I, I really do think by this time next year, I think COVID is going to be an afterthought. Oh, I yeah. think all of this <clears throat> is going to be done. I think we're going to be going back to living our lives. Like I really do. I really do feel like that. So. And and you, we we honestly, I think you need to maintain that light light at the end of the tunnel because honestly, if it was like, oh no, if there's no hope, then it's then you know that that leads to really dark thoughts. And it's like, no, you should always like you should always push for like, no, things mm-hmm. can get better, things can get back to normal, and I think they will. So, um, are you so are you are you done watching professional basketball then for the time being? Yep. You've yep. okay. I couldn't even I couldn't even watch my own team. So if I if my own team's not even in the playoffs anymore, right. so it's like I've just yeah, I've totally stopped watching. It's like I had I was really excited for game one of the playoffs. Yeah. And I watched that first game and it just like I felt like it just like took the wind out of me. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I don't I didn't even watch game seven. Like that that's how wow. As somebody who, I mean, you know me of how right. much sports is like my life. Like I couldn't even watch my own team in game seven because of how much it just deflated me watching it. Okay. I'm still, um, if we're being honest, I'm still, I'm like a, I'm like a, in a Dave Rubin moment where he always says he's begrudgingly pro-choice. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, still, I'm still, I'm <laughs> still, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like two finger dangling by two fingers right now, mm-hmm. but I am, I am very, very close and seriously contemplating. Like I'm like after the last couple of games, I'm like, I don't know if I really care to do this anymore. And so um, I'm, I'm honestly like, I don't know. I don't know where I stand because there's just that sports side of me that it's like, yeah. I want to watch some sports. And so I think if I find something that I can kind of get into, then, oh yeah, it's game over. But like right now I just don't have that, but mm-hmm. um, it's really gotten to the point where it's like, I don't know how much more of this I can take. So I'm, I'm really on the verge of um, bouncing from watching any more professional basketball. And I'm anticipating not watching a lot of professional football. If any. I, I'm not even going to turn it on. Like yeah. I'm not, I wasn't even big NFL fan to begin with. Like I just watched Fair it enough. kind of like, Oh yeah. Sunday football, you know, hanging out, like, you know, get some wings, have some beer, watch some, watch some football. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give college football a chance. Yeah. I, I gonna, hope I'm going to give that a chance. And I hope that, I hope that they, they stay neutral and they, they're seeing what's happening with, mm-hmm. with what's going on. And, I, I'm going to give that a chance. So I'm not boycotting all sports, just professional sports. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and I say my outlook isn't very good for like the NFL because I mean, right as we started recording, I got an update. Um, so I'm an Eagles fan and it says, uh, and it's a video, it's like two and a half minutes and it's the players commit to using their power platform and resources to take action needed to impact racial inequality. And I watched like 10 seconds of it and it was, they literally were like someone just sitting at home watching TV, someone playing with a toy gun. And I'm just like, Oh, so, and, and I'm just, they're, they're, they're reading these lines that are very misleading and actually factually inaccurate. And I was like, Oh, Oh, oh no, we're going to be that wrong about things and, and that deep about it. And the season is still over a week away. I'm like, Oh, so I'm like, I'm probably going to not watch then. And like, I'm already in, like, I haven't even had to see how the games even are broadcast. Unlike with the NBA where it's like, I've seen it for a month now and I'm like, "Ah, I'm out the NFL. I haven't even had to see a game yet. And I'm already like, "Mm, I think I'm out. So, um, on that note, I think we can close it out 
Uh, yeah. We've gone long enough, but yeah. I appreciate everyone listening. So like I said, there's a crossover. So whether you're listening on Mostly Peaceful or Rambling Viking, thanks so much. Um, Castle closing thoughts. No, just um, make sure if you haven't already, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe to our channels. Um, mm -hmm. For me, I'll be putting out an episode every Sunday. Um, and I don't know when you when you like to put your episodes out. I don't have a set schedule I because life happens. And so sometimes I'll put out three a week sometimes. But usually I'm a, I'm a once a week guy. Mm -hmm. usually. Yeah. So, yep. So I appreciate you guys listening. Um, hope you enjoyed it. So make sure you subscribe to subscribe to both of us and, and stay up to date on, on what we have talking about. So appreciate you guys uh, checking in with us. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.